It's going to be good this year. I'm calling it. It's going to be good. Oh, if it keeps up with the rain, it's going to turn into snow. It's going to be crazy. Speaking of crazy, today we're back on the Nameless Podcast. You guys know the drill. Drop your guys' names in the comments. (laughs) And uh, one of these days, this podcast will finally have a name. (laughs) Can you tell this is getting old yet? (laughs) That's all right. I'm disappointed in you, internet, and my Facebook friends. I'm personally disappointed in you, my Facebook friends. I thought we were friends. thought we were cool. <laughs> Today's podcast is going to be about something fun, something super interesting, and it is our backcountry adventure, adventure origins. What is it that makes us passionate about all these adventurous things that we do? What was the starting point that got us really hooked on going out into the wild, into the outdoors, and doing fun stuff that's also dangerous? <laughs> Yeah, I I think it's kind of crazy because we got three guys here that are from the prairie that ended up like having this love to be in the mountains, you know? That's that's kind of interesting in itself right away. <laughs> so, What's the quote, Jer? The quote? Yeah, what's the quote about mountains? Why do we have an allure to mountains? Oh, man. You know, I think my favorite mountain quote is, I think it's by William Blake, and it's, uh, great things are done where men and mountains meet meat yeah and uh i love it because it's not only just about mountains uh but it can be like um transcribed into every area of your life right whether it's business or or sports uh what's your mountain and the the great things that are done when men and mountains meet is is like people are incredible right and when they come up to a mountain something that's really difficult in their life they just overcome it and that's what's really cool about it so that's that's my favorite quote uh you know that's it (laughs) i think that you're right i mean mountains can be ascribed to to any obstacles that you have in life and the reason for it is mountains are difficult to climb but when you get to the peak you get such a reward because of it you're on top of everything else. You get new perspective. And every single time you uh, you overcome an obstacle in your life, you're given that reward of, of new perspective. I think that's where the metaphor ties into life with mountains. So we've always just, I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's not even mountains. It's just being outdoors and overcoming those small challenges that gives you that reward. And you just find yourself longing for it, even when you find yourself in a lot of trouble out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, there's something refreshing about just being outdoors. You know, I think that we've talked about this before and that humans, they spend way too much in time inside. And when you're always inside, like something, part of your soul just feels like it, there's a piece of you missing. And like when you go out to the mountains, it's like you find that that inner peace, literally like peace of mind, peace of peace in your soul. And like when you're out there, things just seem to be better. You know, even if you get yourself in some sticky situations out there and you're having to fight fight for your life or whatever, it's still there's something about it that you just you just feel at home when you're out in nature. And that's something that I've always truly loved. Yeah, it's like carnal. Yeah. Know? 
it's just like something just lets loose inside of you. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> you know, oh, man. Um, obviously it's for me, it's, it's, it's twofold, right? I think it's just that drive inside of me where I'm like out and about and you're like, man, this is beautiful. This is crazy. Just doing something that nobody else wants to do right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're on Grey's and Tories and you have all and those you people. A people. You have a million people. It ruins the, the illusion. The illusion. Yeah. Ruins. <laughs> ruins the illusion but if you get out there get past all the all the people and you yeah. go to some place where people either there's no trail like yeah. where we bushwhack it like we've obviously done in the past or you go to some place where it's not really a big tourist you know spot yeah. um, or if it is you just do it different like climb the northeast face of grace yeah. instead <laughs> yeah yeah you do things like that where it's where it, where you you set an obstacle in be, in between yourself, a mountain, uh, you know, a stream or something difficult, yep. and and you go after it and you conquer it. Like that's what's really cool because there's not very many areas left in life other than business, like in our normal day to day operations, where you find. And actually, I told this to the kids uh, the, the other day. Our last home game, our last home, or our last soccer game. Excuse me. Was is like in life you're not gonna find a lot of areas where you're gonna find glory, like uh, like right? Yeah. This it's not like you go to work on a Monday and be like, yes, <laughs> glory. You know, I, I've completed this twelve page report on time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like those kinds of things. But when you go to a mountain and you and you step at the base and you're like, this thing's unclimbable. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah. You know, and you go off and you go off track and you're like, this is crazy. Or you're rock climbing, right? And you go up a, you know, a 300 foot, you know, um, uh, climbing route and you're like, this is flipping nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're on the bottom and it makes you just feel like an ant, you know, yeah. like that's cool. Cause it's such a, such a challenge yep. and you get to the top and you feel so rewarded because of it. Cause you're like, I was on the bottom of this and I didn't think it was possible, but here I am, right? right? <laughs> it's possible, you know? Uh, you know, one thing that I think that we should talk about is just like, what was that first experience that you had where you were like, yep, I'm hooked. Yeah. You know, cause that's where, where I think a lot of people, if they, if they get out, out of Kinko's and yeah. they, and they stop like standing at the front desk and they actually yeah. go out there and they do something like that. Like then they're hooked. Yeah. And, and I know we've have we've had a lot of friends that we've like drug along with us and then all of a sudden they're like, Dude, this was flipping nuts. <laughs> this is so awesome. Yeah. We gotta do this again. And then they then they're doing it by themselves yeah. now. Five yeah. years later they're yeah. like, I got twelve fourteeners <laughs> under my belt and it's like, Oh they had zero when we first started. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's really cool when you can inspire people to go kind of live a life of adventure for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Taylor, what was what was your what was your well, first experience. Well, I've never really done a lot of backcountry stuff, and my wife claims that this next summer we're going to do a few backcountry trips and and go backpacking uh, and everything. Because we'll help if you want. Yeah, yeah. I think. <laughs> what we, was your first adventure? But that my was like my first man, I'm drawn to the mountains yeah. or drawn to adventure. So my first real adventure to the mountains, um, it was going to Red Lodge, Montana, when I was probably a third grader. I had grown up like uh, snowboarding, like I've said at a local ski resort. Huff Hills. I shouldn't even call it a resort. It's a it's a hill, or or we could just call it Bluff Huff Bluff. We used yeah. to joke around, but it's small. Um, but yeah, so I grew. I knew how to snowboard going towards Red Lodge. I didn't have to learn there, so I was pretty pretty excited to actually go into the mountains. 
and uh, we had a family member who knew some people that had a cabin. So we uh, got to Red Lodge at night, and I I didn't know what the mountains looked like because it was so dark. So I didn't like even know what I was gonna be expecting. And that morning, I got like my ski gear on before the sun came up and everything. And as soon as the sun came up, I saw the mountains and like just like the light, the sun glowing on the mountains and everything. I was like, man, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to live. Like at that time, I I was enthralled with everything in the mountains. And so um, we went up to Red Lodge and we we skied for the day. And basically, like my family was good at skiing, but I kind of went off on my own and and found my own trails and everything because I was a little bit more advanced. So I I had the time of my life. Um, but just being up in the mountains and, and breathing in the mountain air at, for that first time, it was like, I don't know if I want to be anywhere, but here, you know, like everything slows down for some reason when you're in the mountains and like, it's like time doesn't really exist. You're just, you're just drawn to everything, the trees, the smells, everything is just like pure. And I guess like for me, the mountains, like they make me feel closer to God, closer to our creator. You know, he just, I always joke around that like. The mountains are God's playground and he designed them for us to, to play around in, you know, like as kids, as adults, like that's the real playground we should be on. And hurt ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> God, God, there's plenty of times where you can just, you're going to find yourself in some situations where you do get hurt out there. But it's like, I wouldn't want to be anywhere but the mountains when I'm there. You don't think about anything else. You don't have cell service usually, like things just slow down, you know, and I think that's what what really needs to be a focal point of our lives when you're when you're working every day and and life just starts getting kind of overwhelming when you go out in nature that's when things kind of rewind and you can get back to the focus the center of things um but yeah that red lodge trip going back to talking about that that red lodge trip was was crazy because i was a third grader and my sister was a first grader and she had never been on like a legit ski lift that that's like bigger than a double chair that goes like two miles an hour or something. Uh, so she's, she's uh, on this ski lift and the slope to get off this ski lift is called triple chair. It's their, it's their main ski lift. I've, I've been kind of wanting them to upgrade to a high speed, but I, I it kind of is it's Red Lodge's theme to kind of keep with the slower lift for yeah. their main lift. <laughs> but anyways, we're on triple chair and uh, my sister her name is Emily. She's, looking at this slope to get off and she's on skis and she's like freaking out she's like i can't go down this like i don't know how to get off this kind of ski lift and she's a first grader so i don't blame her for that and instead of getting off she stays on the lift and starts riding it around like around the corner (laughs) and like she's she's freaking out thinking that like she'd have to ride it all the way back down and that she didn't know what to do so she just jumps and she's probably like 10 to 12 feet off the ground and lands right on top of my dad (laughs) and he, he goes down she goes down no one got hurt surprisingly but like that's just the memory that sticks out to me i'm like like everything was going good that day and then I was on the lift right behind her so I saw it all happen and everything (laughs) and it was just insane like I've never seen like I think she's more brave for jumping off of that than trying to ride down the hill yeah no kidding (laughs) but that so that was my first uh, first real mountain experience Um, the other real experience now like that I enjoy in the mountains is just finding water in the mountains you know like that cold clear water yeah nice uh, you know cold stream baths yeah. you know like oh, an ice man. bath but it's like 10 times worse but, yeah yeah <laughs> but like when you go under and come back up it's like everything just feels 
pure. It's like the best shower ever, you know? Mm. And so like we went to a place called uh, Glacier Lake this summer. It was near Polson, Montana. Uh, well, kind of near it. We had to go around a mountain pass and it, it was, we were staying in Polson. So that's why I say it was close. Um, anyway, so we went to this, we, we had to hike this, it was like a mile and a half to this is Glacier Lake. And every, it was a pretty traffic trail, which I, I don't like, but, um, being, being, getting to the, the lake, everyone was like afraid to get in. Like no one was getting in. And like Ashley and I were only going to that spot. Uh, with our dogs to go to the lake like that's the only reason we wanted to go there was to jump in and so all these people are kind of taking pictures doing their thing and all of a sudden they see us just going out in the water and like swimming around it and everything and everyone's like thinking it's crazy and I'm like this is the reason I come to the mountains is to feel this feeling of like the it's like an ice bath like you said but just being out there it just feels refreshing and so that's been kind of my theme lately is wherever we go we try to find water and that's it's just it's better than Patterson Lake I can say that yeah. <laughs> there's there's nothing more refreshing than getting into just ice water yeah and getting out oh man yeah, yeah you feel like a you feel like a new man yeah oh, <laughs> that's for sure yeah I know we've done it like m- not midwinter but like early winter yeah and Travis and I and you and you jump you jump into some like mm-hmm. sub freezing you know water I mean there's snow on the ground and you yeah. jump into it and <clears throat> you 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 immediately regret it, right? You're like, you haven't even done it yet, but your clothes are off and you're like, I'm regretting this. <laughs> and then you jump in and you come back out and you're like, you're obviously freezing, but you get your clothes on and everything just goes, oh, wow. I was actually like, I, my senses are back. You know, yeah. my blood pressure is up, you know, yeah. it's beating, it's pumping, I'm alive, you know, yeah. and that right there. You know, I, I know I saw this one quote is just like, you, you place your hand on your heart and you feel yep. that he's like, that's purpose, right? So you're still alive, but it just reminds you of it. Like, hey, man, I'm, I'm still kicking. That yeah. little TikTok is going. Of course, I'm going to go science with it. But <laughs> ice water is actually one of the few things that can help recover your central nervous system. And I oh, think yeah. that's a very big part of why when you get into an ice bath and you get out, like you just feel invigorated because there's just so few things that actually bolster the recovery of your CNS. Yeah, he's sense. going all Joe Rogan on us. <laughs> yeah. like throwing out some scientific. I didn't facts. say enough, dudes. Yeah, <laughs> dudes. Whoa, that's that's crazy, yeah. man. That's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but it's it's the truth. It really is. There's a, a lot of scientific backing on why yeah. ice baths are good for you, and obviously saunas, right? So yeah. both mm-hmm. things are just yeah. really good contrasting. Oh man, you really yeah. want to take it up a notch? Contrast the two: sit in an ice bath, then sit in a sauna, then sit in an ice bath, and sit in a sauna. Oh yeah. Oh man, puts you through the ringer, but in a good way. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I, I, my favorite thing about, <clears throat> excuse me, on why like the backcountry means so much to me, right? Is obviously you know I've hinted this in the past, but it kind of goes back to uh, like Moses and when he went out into the desert, right? Like he just was like, I need to get rid of this distraction, and I just need to go hear God, right? And he goes out there and it's like, it says, it says it that he goes to the, the back of the desert. It's not just, yeah. I'm going to leave town for like, you know, a couple of miles out of town. Like he goes to the back, back of the desert. So he's so far away from distraction Yeah, that his mind is able to be like clear and, and the thoughts start rolling in and, and all of a sudden like you, you, it's crazy to me. And I know that Travis and I have done this a couple of times where we're like, we're going to the back country and doing nothing. We're just yeah. going to camp and that's it. And it's yeah. like, no, no mission this week. 
we're gonna, it's going to be a mission to get to our campsite. Don't yeah. get me wrong. <laughs> but then we're going to do nothing. And we're just going to be silent and we're going to just, you know, just soak it in. And obviously there's joking around and some other things, but it's so crazy when when there's nothing out there, how much sounds there are <laughs> out yeah. in the, in the backcountry or even, you know, like in the desert. We've been to the desert and, and, you, yep. and you camp out and you're like, there's so much noise. <laughs> this is nuts. <laughs> and then all of a sudden things like, um, you know, start to calm out and things like thoughts like start flooding back into your head and yeah. you're like and you're able to process things because of it because there's no distraction there's no cell phone there's no movies yeah there's no uh girlfriend or or wives or you know <laughs> some somebody else that's distracting you with responsibilities i think yep. that's so huge especially for me right obviously i had like you know some some brain things that happen you know with my head and so those things moments in in the backcountry are really important to me because i'm just able to process yeah and 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 get back to you know with with the father right where you like all of a sudden i can hear things where like i normally don't i'm not crazy yeah remember like travis travis knows i've been tested (laughs) (laughs) they've tested me like multiple times on craziness right but um um that it's it's really important to me in the back country is just one of those areas or those avenues to just clear my mind and, and just get refocused. I think that I when I gr- I grew up on a farm, right? And um the best part about the farm, especially as a little kid, is there's there's really no rules on where you can go and where you can't. You yeah. Know? There's so much acreage <laughs> around you. And so like when I would on, I'd be like, well, mom's like, well, dad's out in this field. And it was like, I think he's this direction and I'm just going to walk in this direction. <laughs> you go over roads and you jump fences and you just keep walking. And then all yeah. of a sudden you find him. Right. And I love that part about growing up on the farm, like no rules, no, you know, no direction, you know, no really directions. It was just, I can go. And I thought that was just some of the best things. I know we used to move cattle you know, miles, you know, yeah. and I would like get on the ground and just start hoofing it right behind <laughs> everybody. And my mom was always just like, Jerry, you need to get in the truck. You're not going to make it. And I think that's really where my long winded, you know, adventures oh, yeah. come from, which is just like that. It's just, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go and I'm just going <laughs> to keep walking and I'm going to like, oh, there's a hill. I'm going to run to the top of the hill and come back. Yeah, like you know, go down into the stream and come back, you know, yeah. things like that. So that's really where my adventurous spirit like really started was on the farm and then um we we did this trip when i was really young out to um wyoming right up in the bighorns and i think that's where my mountain draw really got to where it's just like i'm trying to fish and i'm like these things aren't working and people are like go to the fly shop and the guy's like use this 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 and then bam hooked up on a trout and i was just like this thing is nuts yeah. you know i've never seen anything like it yeah you know never seen trees and like that like this you know pine trees obviously yep. coming from a prairie you know yeah you're like, we have mainly nothing yeah nothing <laughs> like that so it was just a huge drive and i was just like whoa this is so cool and then ever since then i was like i gotta get back i gotta get yeah. back to the mountains <laughs> so what about you travis what was like your first thing first thing I know that my my snowboarding adventure started almost exactly the same as Taylor's. Started off yeah. with a uh, a phone call from my my buddy Eric Fitzek called him called him Fish. We, he was uh, 
he's a, one of the he, at the time he was one of the best drummers in the state of North Dakota. And I say was because he doesn't live in North Dakota anymore. Not because okay. he's dead. Shout out to you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He gave me a phone call. It's like, hey, let's go to Huff Hills and go snowboarding. And um, we ended up going snowboarding, and I was just like sore after that day. Like yeah. everyone's first experience snowboarding, you're just <laughs> falling and crashing all over yourself, yep. and just hurts and it's painful. But it's so rewarding because the learning curve is so quick with it. And then from there, it was just, I would go every weekend I could down to either Red Lodge or Terry Peak to go snowboarding. And it grew from there into the the backcountry and the mountains. But I would say the first real adventure that got me into backcountry and mountaineering, as well as, uh, did that one die? Nope. (laughs) Uh, What really got me into backcountry, mountaineering, and even trail running in the mountains uh, was the first mountain that Jeremy and I climbed Snowmass mountain. And we were still, we were still flatlanders. I mean, we were still living in North Dakota when we decided to climb this mountain and, uh, <laughs> Snowmass has to be one of the dumbest first mountains that you <laughs> climb. And so it was my first mountain. Jeremy had climbed a few before that, but, uh, it was my first mountain. We were from low elevation. We were going to climb a 14,000 foot mountain and not just a 14,000 foot mountain. That's like, you know, three miles to the base of the mountain, mile up, mile down. I mean, this was, what is it? Half marathon hike in. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. And we we took we didn't take the ditch trail route. We actually took the uh, the one that started at Maroon Lake. So yeah. we went up and over Buckskin Pass, and yeah, it was twelve thousand foot pass. Yeah, <laughs> the twelve thousand. Yeah, and that was the uh, that was actually the same story from the the coyotes from the last uh, the last episode that we had talked about. That was the same same place in oh, Dirk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dirk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we started off on that one, and it was just such a adventure from beginning to end, from vehicles breaking down to trying to adapt to the elevation changes. And since this was the first time I had done this, I remember that. I packed my bag with so many unnecessary things. And it was a really a really good metaphor that plays itself out. But I mean, I had pots and pans. I had like three pairs of boots. Like I'm like, okay, we're going out there. It's a long trip. I need to be prepared. And my pack was like, it was something like 75 pounds. I'm like, this is Holy ridiculous. Crap. And Jeremy, it's funny. Like Jeremy's looking at me right now, like knowing exactly what I'm going to say. Cause I hate having a heavy backpack. I yeah. absolutely hate it. It's just a burden. Um, so That's we, where the, the, after that trip is where, the condom on a stick came from <laughs> because he's like, I'm never taking this tent ever again. I'm not taking anything. I'm taking one pair of socks, maybe one shoe. <laughs> I like that. I'll go barefoot it. if I have if to. I, yeah. If I have to. And so that's where his like ultralight oh, like, okay. thought process. That was, came so from. that was the evolution. I mean, we, we climbed that mountain and it was, I mean, it was very rewarding. Don't get me wrong, but it was also a very frustrating experience because of, the pack weight <laughs> it was ridiculous and it was unnecessary too and uh i had this thing in my mind flip and i said okay i am going to find a way to do this as light as possible and as quick as possible so what that evolved into was me getting all this ultralight gear and trying to find ways to travel minimalistically in the back country and then the second was i found it satisfying to get to places quickly and that's where the trail running aspect of it came. So I was able to lighten up my pack weight. And then I started okay. to be like, okay, let's, uh, let's see how quick I can do this. And that <laughs> opened up, I mean, that opened up so many different yeah. doors. Cause, and Jeremy and I's, uh, mentality on the backcountry is kind of different in that regard. Cause Jeremy likes, I mean, we're 
Jeremy moves at a good clip. He's a mountain goat, but he likes to soak things in and enjoy yeah. the scenery yeah. and take it in. And I'm just like, I'm like, got the shoes on. I got the pack on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and then run, 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 take a break. And then <laughs> run, 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 oh, take yeah. a break. Yeah. Um, but that's, yeah, that, that's where that came from. That opened up all the doors for uh, obstacle course racing as well. Like the first Spartan race that I did ignited that exact same mentality where yeah. it's like i'm gonna go and do something that's incredibly difficult and make it even more difficult by trying to do it quickly <laughs> there you go. yeah oh man uh it is difficult for us uh to take some people along especially like people that are brand new yeah yeah that's a little bit difficult because we have a unique uh partnership right like i i always let them lead because yeah. if if i'm in the front I will just keep going at a nice pace because he'll stop. Oh, <laughs> he'll be a, photographer. He'll be like, yeah, yeah, photographer, yeah. <laughs> yep. And then I'll just keep going. So I always have to be behind him, right? Because okay. if he sets the pace, I'm perfectly fine with whatever he sets. I'll, I'll just yeah. keep up, right? Uh, and sometimes he gets away on me because we really do like to run. <laughs> like, I know when we did like Angel's Landing, we ran all the way to the top yeah. and then all the way back. Yeah, a lot of times yeah. on the trips we take, um, I usually don't do a whole lot of trail running though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like, true. Usually, it's hard yeah. to do with another person, just in general. Like, yeah. Just yeah exactly. Exactly. Taking uh, new people with us isn't always the greatest idea, um, but we yeah. we make it work, right? Yeah. And we, and we love to take new people, and don't get me wrong, uh, but we do have a unique little style. So one time we we took our our good friends Josh and Sky on one of their first backcountry trips, which yeah. is obviously it's a it's a slog. It's like ten miles or something like that, or seventeen, <laughs> all the way up together, or whatever, out to uh, Conundrum Hot Springs. And we'll throw a link to you down below where those are at and a picture of it because it's super beautiful. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of people that do. That it. was actually today. At least that's when I posted the pictures. I saw it on Facebook Memories. Oh, was it today? Yep. Oh, wow. Like, yep. A couple of years ago? What are oh, the yeah. odds? Yeah. And <laughs> there it snowed. You go. And it snowed. And so we're taking these two kids that never have never never had done something like this, this length of a trip before. Yeah. And, you know, there's areas where you got to, like, walk through the river. And because uh, it's, like, almost like a swamp back there. Yeah. And um, and you're hiking. And we're – Travis and I are, are obviously having a ball. Like, we dink around a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. We're running, we're running up this mountain and taking photos and coming back down, and uh, just dinking around. And we kind of like leave them in the dust every once in a while because we're just chugging along. We're racing, like <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Because we just we have a good time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, that night I had to run on that trip because uh, it wasn't supposed to snow. It was way colder than it was supposed oh, to be. Boy. Oh yeah. my goodness! So I like I had to run to keep my extremities from falling <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but they they made it, and obviously it snowed, and we, you know we we went we took a dip into the hot spring, and it was like it was oh, freezing, okay. you know, and um, it, those types of things are just a lot of fun, especially to take new people on, because then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're like, dude, we're hooked. <laughs> they they didn't have a whole lot of fun that first night because it was freezing cold, and yeah. they they didn't pack like winter snow uh, like <laughs> oh, sleeping bags oh, or no. anything like that. Obviously, we go prepared. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, go for prepared sure. for everything, but. Uh, they didn't really, and so it was like super cold. But it was a lot of fun, right? And mm-hmm. we're 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 heading back down the next day, and they're sore, they're stiff, and then Travis and I are racing to the trail, back to the trail, <laughs> so you can win. You know, they're like, you guys are nuts, and and we're like, well, it's just the part about being out here where it's so yeah. freeing, and like the little kid inside of you just like bursts yeah, out, it just comes alive, you know. And it's super pretty, right? The Conundrum Hot Springs is obviously just beautiful within itself it's just tucked in this nice little valley and in the snow 
Travis, you're gonna have to throw a picture up on there. That oh, end, yeah. end of 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 Snowmass because Snowmass Lake is it's nuts. It's, it's beautiful. Just yeah. Nuts. I know on like Aspen's and even like Jackson Hall's like Instagram, they're like take responsibly. Don't let people know. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you guys are tourist towns. Like yeah. this is what draws people into your For towns. Sure. So, but we don't we don't take responsibility. We take. I think it's reserve, reverse psychology. They'd be like, yeah. oh, yeah, don't tag it because then it makes people they interested. Really want they're they're interested it. in the secrets. They think they're getting something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so obviously I, I climbed mountains before I I got into the hospital, but after the hospital, like, was even more so. Okay. Right. Obviously, my, my me, the reason why I went, went in the hospital, obviously, was is I started having seizures and I fell, hit my head. Um, lost some memory, was in the hospital for a, for a while, right? Yeah. And uh, got out, and right away, uh, the doctors were like, told my mom, you know, don't let don't let this kid be by himself. If he has another seizure, you know, we don't want anything worse to happen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, if he goes any place, he needs to have, like, basically an escort. You know, Travis was there oh, a lot wow. of the times. Uh, Caleb <clears throat> Burgard used to, like, show up at yeah. lunch. <laughs> show up at lunchtime and take me out to eat and no then come, bring me back and then i did go out to sackman electric because that's where my mom worked so that my mom could keep an eye on me and okay. um, a lot of things right i couldn't walk around the block by myself my, my mom wouldn't let me mow the grass uh there was a lot of restrictions that were on me and i was just like i, I gotta get out you know and i made it a whole year uh without um without having a seizure and my mom was like all right now you can go someplace. <laughs> you could go someplace. So one of my first backcountry trips after the the whole health scare, or whatever, was with Timmy Kessel. We went out to uh, the Crazy Mountains, and my mom gave me this huge list of you cannot do this, 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 this. this. You must wear a helmet. You know, you you cannot drink any water like that. Oh, that's boy. from in the stream. Uh, oh yeah, uh, which was a which was a big struggle because the mm-hmm. the I don't I can't remember I think it's maybe five miles or four miles back and it's it's super steep trying to get it's back a lot there. of water to carry yeah 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 so I I I had to carry because my mom made this rule it was the exception to why I was able to go she's like you have to carry all the water that you're gonna use oh wow so I carried in a five gallon tank of water <laughs> it was not <laughs> I didn't know how many days we were gonna be back there and we were back there for two or three days or something but anyways I I had to carry this thing of water all the way back to it and people are like that's a ridiculous amount of weight you bet it is right? <laughs> but i was determined that i i don't care what kind of rules my mom's gonna throw on me i'm gonna do it yeah and it was just my drive because when you're when when life kind of gets taken away from you you value it more right and so more and more drive like you get yeah. more and more drive to go do those things and timmy kessel and daniel and and trapper and uh trapper and some other guys like helped with it they actually carried helped me carry the water all the way out to this lake and i was like it really meant a whole lot to me because it was one of my first trips back to the and so guys shout out to you guys for helping me out you know trapper's an awesome guy timmy's obviously an awesome daniel obviously and some others they helped me carry it up there and we get to the base and i remember like looking at crazy peak from the bottom and i was just like that thing it looks unclimbable <laughs> it looks like a like a sheer face through the whole thing and, and everybody was just joking back and forth and it's like is this really climbable this route that we were going to take and i was like dude 
it's it's obviously one of the most prominent peaks in montana yeah right? like from from base to peak and i'm just like this is nuts but we climbed it and had a ball and then i obviously hooked again right mm-hmm. and i was like yep this is what i what i really want to do and just kept doing it right because you're just like you're hooked after that yeah you you do something that you you know people kind of told you you probably wouldn't be able to do uh, yeah. again uh, my mom was obviously like no jerry i believe in you you can do it my friends travis and caleb and my sisters were like no jerry you're gonna be able to do this mm-hmm. again but being able to go back out there and experience again was just like invigorated me even more because yeah. for me i think travis knows this if if you tell me that i can't do something i'm going to prove <laughs> you wrong. i'm going to prove you wrong and yeah. not just prove you wrong but well you know, like shove your face into it like swirl it around and be like i told you <laughs> yeah i told you so <laughs> right so like that's just kind of my personality as soon as somebody tells me something no like yeah. i'm just like oh you wait buddy, you wait and i'm gonna do it and and travis has been on that kind of whirlwind trip with me ever since you know we've just been at it you know well we might be kind of pullers on some things uh in the backcountry but it works especially to our benefit because we really balance each other out and we enjoy it and that's what it's all about right it's just going out and having fun yeah and when you go out on adventures with people you really have to find someone that you trust their capabilities because of the element of of danger that's yeah. involved i mean anything like just simple things that would happen in your life if you do that like if something like that happens in the back country like even just like a cut getting infected something like that yeah it can have serious consequences and if you do that in the winter you can multiply that by five. <laughs> oh yeah 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 there was a there's a girl that i follow on instagram uh she's like a a hunter slash realtor lady or whatever okay and from montana and she went out and she drank some water a while oh, on no. this trip and like immediately got sick and obviously if you're nine ten miles deep into the backcountry and you and you do something i wouldn't say foolish but something on mistake mm-hmm. and you get sick or you hurt not yourself. using your filter not boiling the mountain water <laughs> yeah <laughs> like things like that like you can be in the hurt bag really mm-hmm. quickly you know i know I know we we obviously joked about like those boys that were um, that got hurt by that yeah. moose on uh, after snow snowboarding Maroon Creek uh, Maroon Bowl. Excuse yep. me, in Aspen, remember that story mm-hmm. and the kids getting hurt by the moose. Uh, that that really the end thing is is Maroon Maroon Peak is only nine miles away from Aspen. Mm-hmm. Nine miles. Yeah, that, that's it. You know, it's it's in the end, it's not really that far. No, <laughs> you know, but nine miles in the backcountry with no roads or trails mm-hmm. is ridiculously mm-hmm. difficult. And if, if anybody's been back there and some of you guys probably know nine miles can seem like a flipping eternity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now imagine, imagine having the flu, like how you feel when you have the <laughs> flu and you just don't want to get out of bed. You can't even walk to the bathroom. Now imagine carrying 50 pounds up and over mountains through the backcountry for 10 miles. Yeah, like <laughs> that would be so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> just, just, and obviously crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, let's see. You know, obviously we've had so many, so many crazy stories that have happened, and 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 I know my my nephews and 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 I, even Travis's nephews and nieces and and my nephews and nieces are always enthralled by these I crazy bet. stories because they're like. 
man, you guys live an extraordinary life. And really, yeah. in the end, you're like, we could deal without some of the crazy stuff that <laughs> we've run could. into, you know? Uh, but at the same time, it's just life, you oh, know? Yeah. And you're like, it, it, it boosts blood pressure and your senses just get heightened and you're like, this is nuts, you know? Yeah. This is crazy and so much more exciting. And then it just drives you back into these situations, yeah. right? You know, um, I think I think we might have told you like it once before, but there was this one snowboarding trip when we were uh, going to climb uh, Mount Sneffels. Yep. One of one of the many Mount you went Sneffels, back a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the many Mount Sneffels, you know, pictures and uh, our stories or times we tried to climb it. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, one time we were up on the saddle and we Travis and I took this rest and we're sitting there like kind of just shooting the creek, looking out across the bull. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden these like little donut balls start forming and they like hit us in the back and all of a sudden it's like the Jeez. whole the whole face is the whole face has got these little balls of snow as that's like you, warning phase what number yeah. three of an avalanche <laughs> yeah because yeah. yeah, what'll happen is is the snow starts to get hot and then yeah. it it's such a steep face is that the snow starts to travel down oh, yeah. and then it picks up bigger and bigger little and I, we call them donut balls <laughs> but they're just like the snowballs that start rolling down the face all of a sudden you know, nothing's happening, and then instantly snowballs everywhere. Oh, oh wow! And you're like, yeah, it it, yeah, can it was that quick, it was yeah. because the uh, it was in the springtime that we were we were doing this trip, yeah. and uh, the clouds finally parted for just 15 minutes, and that that temperature variance is what caused that to happen. That it was enough that quickly, yeah, wow. that quickly. Yeah, we you know obviously probably shouldn't have been there, especially with some of the pits that we had dug about mm-hmm. checking avalanche conditions, <laughs> and we were here, and you know, there's like when you step on like a, on a face and you, and, or in your crossing a face or whatever, yeah. you hear like a whomping sound. Oh, it's yeah. like there's areas within the snowpack that are actually compacting. It's scarier than it sounds. I it's, believe Cause it. it's huge. I mean, yeah. when the first time it happened to me, I'm just like, Whoa, <laughs> yeah, that's, you, it's worse than like when you're stepping out onto ice and you hear the ice oh, crack yeah, because yeah. you feel, you feel it physically yeah. down and you're like, yeah. Like whoa, I better get off whoa. this. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, obviously your your senses just go, oh, this is the real deal. Yeah, and then you know we 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 obviously made a judgment call. We're like, we got to get out of here. So we strap yeah. on our snowboards and ride the face anyways. <laughs> and then we get out of there. But like those moments where you just feel alive. Yeah, that that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I I might have skipped Dane. You know, I might have you know just you know flirted. You know, maybe kiss the devil just a little bit right there on this moment. Yeah. But and talk about judgment calls. Every yeah. single coolar, and we were in a box canyon, like the snuffles look like in a box canyon. Every single one of them popped in that 15 oh minutes. Like you gosh. just saw the, the what do you call avalanche residue afterwards? What do you yes, call that? That's canyon. crazy. I know there's a term for it, but I have no idea what yeah. it is. But you see, like, when the avalanche falls and then it falls down into the basin and there's a fresh layer on top of it. Like, yeah. wow. almost every single Just coolar. mini slides, you know, yeah. all over the place. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing that. Good good call good call you guys got out of there man (laughs) yeah yeah it's good you know i think i think that there's i heard this one quote one time and obviously i said it earlier but but about like the guys over at kinko's yeah if you'd get off of your desk and go experience just a little bit of life you know getting out there yeah and and experience what you know god created number one and just experience some things that are brand new and fresh you'd totally have a different outlook on life. Oh, for sure. You know, there's so many people that get trapped in the concrete jungle yeah. <laughs> you know, and never leave in there, but they're like, well, I have so many responsibilities. You know, I got kids, I got, 
you know, uh, you know, a dog, you know, yeah. something like this. You know, I got work and you're like, dude, get out of the concrete jungle, go experience life. And, and I, I, I hate when people are like, well, we've, we've got kids, so, you know, we can't do this. <laughs> Strap them to your back. If they're Tra- young. you have yeah, no exactly. idea, like Travis, that's what they do. They, yeah, they literally yeah. put them in a kid backpack and they just kind of bounce up and down. I've seen guys trail <laughs> yeah. running with their little, like one year old kids strapped yeah. to their back and it's it, like hardcore. It, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We, we want it like, yeah, we've seen it and, and, and don't let that be an excuse. And let me tell you something, your, your kids, especially you guys out there. Mm-hmm. Your kids will thank you. Oh, they'll so love it. Much. I've never seen a I've never seen an unhappy baby strapped to dad's back oh, bounding through the mountains. Yeah, no. Even, they're looking around or they they're love just it. sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> or they're sleeping. We've seen some little kids with tiny, like tiny itty bitty backpacks yeah. filled with, you know, clothes in it, hiking around yeah. and yeah. then beating their parents to the punch on yep. like yeah. doing it. And they're just having a ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw a little yeah. four year old climbing the Manitou incline once. Like <laughs> yeah. that's insane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they love every second of it. Oh yeah. Oh, Plus they've got energy up the yin yang. So if you want to really make them nap, make them sleep. Yeah, yeah. Go, to, go get sleepy. Take them on an adventure. Yeah, and it's not like you have to go. You know, twenty miles out there, and we've been back mm-hmm. there, way back there. Tons we've of kid friendly kids. hikes. Yeah, tons yeah. of kid friendly well, hikes. Yeah, uh, just get out there and do it and enjoy it and be part of nature. You know, obviously in North Dakota, people are like, well, there's not too many places, so everybody yeah. goes to Medora. But there's a lot of public land out mm-hmm. there where you can just get lost in it and just enjoy it yeah you know um, it to me i'm super thankful obviously my dad had passed away when i was eight but my mom really tried to like get us out there and, and yeah. especially me she's like i know that you love the mountains let's go mm-hmm. and you know and obviously it started <laughs> off with just south dakota yeah <laughs> you know exactly and then it branched off into other areas but i'm super thankful for every trip that happened and my mom's not a huge backcountry person she's like yeah if i can't drive up to it and, and build my tent I, i'm not <laughs> super into it yeah but she was like let's go do it and then all of a sudden I would just be like, see you mom. Yeah. <laughs> I would just like start trucking <laughs> just to go adventure. I think it's, it was really important to me and it helped me, especially being an athlete. Mm-hmm. I think that those mm-hmm. moments in the mountains where you're like, I can really push myself really were just self identifying for me or helped me identify who I am. You know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that it's was my purpose or, you know, it's my identity because, yeah. you know, obviously a lot of people lack identity because mm-hmm. they're just like they'll they'll focus on one thing but you know to try to find out who you are in those moments when no when no distractions yeah. happen you really figure out who you are because you're like huh what are my what are my likes and dislikes yeah what kind of person am, am i mm-hmm. when nobody else is around you kind of <clears throat> be able to like process that and figure that out yeah i think like going back to just just working like and and staying in this concrete jungle that you called it um i think so many people they try to find their identity in like their jobs and and maybe possessions or things like that but when it comes to their jobs i think there's like a statistic it's like 80 percent and that's probably on the lesser side hate uh, of people hate their jobs you know (laughs) it might be more you know but like there's people that just get stuck in these jobs but they're still finding their identity in them too Mm-hmm. I can't imagine a life like because I, I don't have not every day at my job is a good day. You know, I can't imagine a life where like I don't get to do something like exciting every once in a while. And, you know, getting to the mountains and, and being refreshed like that, like you said, like you're if they have kids, like the kids will love them for that. But like just 
for yourself too you need some sort of release to get away from mm-hmm. work i think that like there's so many people that they work all year long they don't take any days off and, and they're proud of that fact but yet they're not really happy you know like you need to find some place outside of your work and like for us it's the mountains for us it's like it's being in in god's country and i mean i feel like everyone can benefit from being outside so yeah i know i i was in that situation once where when i was the it director at Rockpile, it was just i worked for probably two years straight without taking any days off yeah and i remember in i think it was 2016 it was during one of the larger economic downturns for price of oil uh, we were trying to cut costs, so all the executive team took furlough weeks. It's just like unpaid two weeks that you just take off. Okay. So what I did, I, I I remember texting Jeremy, and I'm like, Jeremy, I've got two weeks, and I'm literally just getting in my Jeep and having an adventure. Like, give me a list of a couple of places that I should go to. And one of them was uh, the Black Canyon, and there's this crazy route where there's literally like you go into a canyon. Yeah. And how many feet down is it? I mean, is it? Oh, it's a mile. It's down. like a mile down, it's and nuts. it's it's actually like a super cool climb because they have these giant chains that are yeah. latched down to it, and they string them down, and you grab onto this chain, and you just kind of self repel yourself down. <laughs> like it's just it's so cool. But what's yeah. crazy about it is there's just nothing down there and you have to get a permit to go there so you know that there's going to be no one else there oh wow there's nothing there's no people there's very little wildlife and it's just silent because you're trapped inside this canyon and uh unless you're by the water obviously because there's <laughs> yeah. a huge river that well silent <laughs> silent by like white noise like the water yeah, that's yeah, all you hear that's oh, all that's you true. hear is the water so it's <laughs> silent in those terms yeah um but it's it's so remote like i remember i was sitting there in my hammock and uh, even the deer like had no idea. First of all, I don't know how the deer got down there, but yeah. they did. But I'm um, sitting there and there's just like this strangly deer, strangly, because I don't know how he got down there and he probably doesn't know how to get back up. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm sitting there and all of a sudden like I feel something sniffing by my arm and I look over and this confused deer is just like looking. At me. He's just oh, like, man. what the heck are you? <laughs> oh, man. But it was like, I'm like, this is so wild. And I stayed down there for, I think it was like four days. Like really? I was just down there by myself in my tent. And uh, Jeremy always jokes that when you're down in the Black Canyon, it's like you, you imagine you're just going to go around a bend and see like a dinosaur or something because it's just, <laughs> it's so wild and out there. Oh, yeah, it is. Like, it, it's amazing. When you're, when you drive up to the Canyon, like when you drive up to the Black Canyon, like there's a couple signs and it's just this like two lane road. I mean, one lane road, just going up to it. And, um, not until you get to the edge of the canyon do you see the canyon because it's just like just looks it looks flat and then oh yeah boom it's just <laughs> straight kind of on down this, and i guess it's kind of on the side of a mountain kind of and then it's just boom just drops and literally like the sun is above you you can see the sun for maybe like two hours out of the day oh wow <laughs> you know it's 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 crazy i couldn't even get good photos of it because it yeah. was just so massive so massive That's and if crazy. i would take it on my wide angle it would just look like squash I'm like i can't even get a photo that that yeah. says what this looks like yeah. i remember one night i was down there there was this huge thunderstorm that went through and uh there was no rain because it was coming in at an angle so like nothing hit me <laughs> but um the thunder was just nuts because it would yeah. crack and then it would reverberate off the sides of the canyon oh, walls yeah. and it was it was insane like you could feel it every single time it was super cool but getting back to that point was that was the one thing that refreshed me during that period of time when i was just i mean i was stuck yeah. in a rut and you feel it you absolutely mm-hmm. feel it especially when you're in 
um, you called it the concrete jungle yeah. and there's, everything's exactly the same every single day and you're faced with new challenges at work. But at the end of the day, it's just stressors. It's mm-hmm. different stressors that are affecting you getting out there and just doing nothing for four days in the middle of nowhere with no one, with nothing resets your brain. Yeah. And it's, it's a necessity and it'd be thinking back, like it would have been impossible to try to go through that without something like that in my life. Yeah, I, I just think that like w- when we think about all these things that are put in front of our face every single day, like obviously we have our phones, we have Snapchat, we have things just flashing in front of our brains every day. It almost takes something like looking at complete nothingness or something like out in a desolate area to really reset your brain mm-hmm. because we have so many different things we're trying to process. And the only way out of that is to kind of take them away. Um and it's not that easy. Like when you're at work or when you're like, even at home, there's always going to be these stressors that, that are put in front of you. And, and when you're faced with that, the only way out is really just erasing everything for a little while and, and just being away, being alone and, and, and getting some time to really process and think that now I just had an idea we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to make a video on the, this is average channel for this. Yeah. So it, when you talk about like sensory overload and mm-hmm. then removing sensory to kind of reset yourself, um, it reminds me of a study that they did on people um, in sensory deprivation tank tanks where there's no feeling, no temperature, no sound, nothing. You're just in this tank and you're floating in like some like two tons of Epsom salt or something. So <laughs> floating on the surface. Yeah. And um, what they did was they had someone wear an EEG, uh, those little headsets that mm-hmm. measure your brainwaves. They had someone wear an EEG while they were doing this and their brain waves immediately like drop down into the, into like the Delta waves where you're in that deep sleep, deep, deep, mm-hmm. deep relaxation. Um, the same kind of state that people who are well-practiced in like mindfulness meditation can get into. Okay. It would be super interesting to get an EEG portable and take it out into the mountains and just wear it for a weekend and then measure the, uh, measure the brainwaves brainwave activity that'd be cool that would be really sweet because i would I be would willing agree. to bet that there are like fluctuations based like different than the baseline from when you're sitting in your office all day when it's oh, mostly sure. probably beta right. waves oh right i could totally see that because you really regardless of how much effort that you've put into it to mm-hmm. try to get to these areas yeah like if you go up to like capital lake or whatever like that it's another long slog um regardless of how much effort that you've put into it. And sometimes I do, like, for instance, like I get sick if I, if I don't, if I don't keep going, <laughs> yeah. I get to that point where I'm like, I feel sick, but I'm just going to keep going. And then I get there and I'm not feeling the best, but at the yeah. same time, you're like, I'm so relaxed. Mm-hmm. I feel so good. Mm-hmm. And I feel just so calm. Yeah. And you get into that, you know, just mindset where you're like, huh, this is, this is way better. This is living. Yeah. <laughs> this right. is life, you know, kind of a thing. And I know that like, especially like, like even another kid that we obviously know that does a lot of that is, is like Timmy Kessel. Kid's always on a bike someplace, yeah, by himself or climbing something or you know doing doing something. And and I think that the biggest reason he does it is is because he feels good at right. Feels good. Yeah, it's like a drug. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I think like we talk about the mountains a lot and everything. And and I think for people that are stuck in a job where like they might not get that time off to do all these things. Like the biggest thing I would just say is like, just exercise. Like it can give you, <laughs> right. st- it yeah. can still give you that rush that you, that you kind of need to keep going, you know, yeah. um, sitting on the couch every, every single day after you get home from work 
is probably not going to make your life yeah. better. So I think it, it is multifaceted. It's yeah. it's not just the environmental aspect of it where you're going out into an environment that's good for your body. Yeah. But there's also the physiological aspect of it where you're going out and you're putting in low-grade cardiovascular activity mm-hmm. for a, a prolonged period of time and that's very good for your body especially when you get to a point where your body starts releasing endorphins for pain management it just it resets the the feel-good hormones in your body and that's what helps you so exercise is one of those things that Mm -hmm. can also simulate that aspect of it you're not going to get that environment side of it i know some people hate running on treadmills but i don't know anyone who gets off a treadmill and that endorphin rush hits and they're like oh you know that was that was good you know yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know what what I was going to say, but concrete jungle. It makes me unnerving. Like I get like kind of like the hair on my back stands on edge. I know Travis lived in, in Denver and I can drive in Denver and I don't really care about it. But after I'm there for a long extended period of time, I just go, I got to get out. <laughs> I can't do this. And, and I think that some people are like, Jerry's like a hobbit, you know, like he's never with people and he's never around people. But really in the end, I'm just like, I'm just happy being around out by myself, mm-hmm. like going after some things that I really want to do, fly fishing or, yeah. you know, jumping. I know like we obviously call it crimping around, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, on boulders and, and jumping from boulders and, and climbing and stuff, you know. There's been times, and I think one one time I was out fly fishing, and you can make anything into adventure. Like I tell yeah. you what, I mean, it's it's all just your mindset on what you're gonna do. You know, I think that there's a lot of kids that are that are like growing up now, where they're like, let's go on adventure, and then they <laughs> hop into their car, their you know their their Toyota Corolla, and yeah. then they go to McDonald's and be like, yeah. yay adventure, and you're like, <laughs> pretty low bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, my young Padawan, but you have much to <laughs> you have much to learn about adventure. Yeah. One time, uh, one time I was out in, in about out in the Elk Ranch, right, so around Aspen, and we I went way out there and was out fly fishing and and. Um, if you jump from, I was jumping from boulder to boulder trying to catch these just massive trout. I mean, just monsters. And I, and the the water was up. I mean, it was in the springtime and the water, I mean, rushes. Yeah. I mean, the first time we went, first time we went, uh, rafting on on the rowing fork. Oh gosh. Is, uh, (laughs) we, we had, we had never gone rafting before and I shouldn't say like on a, like a class four rapid. Right. So, I mean, it's proper class four. I mean, it's, it gets to the extent of class five or whatever. I asked the question. I said, what is the, what is the cutoff line for what you would say is safe to run the roaring fork right now? It was the, what was it? The slaughterhouse. That was the, the stretch of the roaring fork we were running. (laughs) And, uh, the guy Talmud, he looks at me and he's like, this <laughs> <laughs> this is a kind of this is a kind of and uh travis said travis we'd seen we obviously i, I fly fished the rowing fork a lot yeah and, uh but especially the area of the slaughterhouse but um uh, they call the it the slaughterhouse <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it sounds nice yeah uh but the water the water goes i mean quick especially mm-hmm. in the spring and so I had taken Josh and Travis down to the river to take a look at it before we went rafting, which was obviously a big mistake. You don't yeah, go yeah, somebody, you don't go show somebody <laughs> the slaughterhouse before you raft it, because all of a sudden it's 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 really just a blur of white. Yeah, the rocks, the boulders that you normally jump across are gone, and it's just white foam and 
fast moving water, the whole thing. And the sound. It's called the roaring fork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, uh, there's a, there's a picture of us like that we got from, we got from while we were rafting and literally you can't see the raft. The raft is, is disappeared. It's, it's, there's no raft. It just looks like there's four heads, <laughs> you know, I gotta see if I can find that. Cause I think that Josh sent it to my rock pile email. Yeah. I, I think I sent a, a, a pictures I'll, of I'll it, find it you as well. I'll post but, it if we got it. it it's gone. Sweet. No, no raft. It's just four heads peeking up over the thing. Yep. You know, um, there was a part of the trip where, tra- where Josh gets, we hit it. We hit this big boulder and Josh gets ejected off of the, off the raft and Travis is right behind him, and I'm like, "What happened to Josh?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "And you see this hand come up out of the water." And it was immediately you dunk him and you pull him back into the raft. It was so much fun, and obviously, you know, we, we could do it like every day of the week at that point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's just an adrenaline rush. But yeah, one time I was out there fly fishing in the spring, and it wasn't like full on white, but it was a little bit afterwards. And I think it was, I think it was actually maybe a week, two weeks after that when we had okay. gone rafting and I was jumping from boulder to boulder and I was trying to fish. Right. And yeah. there's, there's pockets that are kind of calm or whatever. And I'm jumping from boulder to boulder and I misplace a place, a step on a boulder mm-hmm. and my knee comes down and just smacks onto this boulder mm-hmm. and I get totally dunked and I'm going down the river with my fly pole and my backpack oh. and my knee is just excruciating pain. Right? Yeah. Like to the extent where like I couldn't kick, I was oh. just like, "Oh, I can't do it." Oh, <laughs> right, floating down the river, and I get over to this boulder. I grab onto a boulder, climb off, and I'm like, "Ah, hell!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I messed up, and I I I, I like, hop from one. boulder. You hit your head, and you're dead. Yeah, and you it's hit like because oh. like you, you the did. the life jackets that you wear, they have little flaps on them that yeah. holds at the top of your head, so that if you get knocked unconscious, it yeah. keeps your head above the water, so that you yeah. don't wow. drown yourself. Yeah, and I hop off and I call my mom as soon as I get back to the truck, and I was like, "Mom, I I nailed my my knee on this on this rock." Yeah, and my mom was like, "What were you doing?" <laughs> I was uh, fly fishing, you know, <laughs> and immediately it turned dangerous, right? Yeah, you know, and you you sometimes you get out there and you, and and you try to push the boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which is the fun part, <laughs> right? <laughs> And my mom and probably my brother, Corey, would be like, why do you do these things? You do these things because blah, 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 you know, a million different reasons. And really the, the only reason is, is I just like to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's fun. You, you, if you've never pulled out a, if you've never pulled out a 10 pound trout, you know, <laughs> out of the roaring fork in the middle of, you know, craziness water on top of a boulder, <laughs> you know, with it just rushing past you, oh, you yeah. you're not living yet. You know, <laughs> this, this is living. And, uh, you, you, it's something different, you mm-hmm. know, and it's something ridiculously exciting. Yeah. And, and I think that God really just did create the best playground of all he time. He really did. You know, and there's and there's just areas out there where you can get out there and have an adventure, you yeah. know, which is to me just what I'm all about. I love I love people, right? Yeah. I love people. I love helping people. And I, I love going on adventures, which is just key for me in my life and keeping me young i think yeah because some people are like i know we, we play flag football and, and obviously soccer and people are like man you guys are in shape like yeah. what do you guys do and really in the end is, is we just get out we just get out there yeah <laughs> you know, we we have a high hold time except for me maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. except travis That's travis Jer- is like full on, <laughs> full on weights and but and i think i think you're right though it's like if you're if you're not pushing that boundary 
you're not having that fun. And the reason why for that is if you're not pushing the boundary, you're staying still. And Mm -hmm. if you remove time from that, you're just in a nothingness existence because you're living the exact same life every single day and dying a little every day. Right. In that office. And like you guys, um, just hearing your stories already, you guys are in your twenties still. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You're in your twenties still. Um, I'm 47. If our our players are listening (laughs) to this podcast, 47. (laughs) But I mean, when you guys look back on your life, I I mean, like you're going to see all these adventures you went on and, and you're not going to just think of an office that you, you spent time in every day. You're going to think of all these different, different memories and moments that, that you might've almost died or like that got you to where you, you are. Um, But that's just, it's crazy to think like in your twenties, you can already look back and, and think about all these memories. So yeah. one of my mentors at Rockpile, Dave, he, uh, he said, you never find someone on their deathbed saying, I wish I would have spent more time at the office. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. he told me to go take a vacation, which I didn't do. <laughs> Another pro tip. Always listen to your mentors. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that puts us right at an hour for this this podcast. Uh, today's today's was a lot of fun. I know you guys yeah. really enjoy listening to uh, to our adventure stories and treachery at our expense. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys would please leave your name ideas in the comments, and we will be back here next week. Have a good one, guys. Yeah. <laughs>